Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Professionally Fit Radio. Professionally Fit is dedicated to female entrepreneurs and executives who are soaring in their fields and in their enterprises while still maintaining their health and wellness. At Professionally Fit, we help you to identify the direct correlation between your health and your career. Welcome to the show. I'll be your host and Professionally Fit founder, Miss Lisa A. Smith, joined as always by my super dope co-host, Miss Get Fit with Jay. So this is part two of our medication episode. Does prescription pads equal permission slips? So if you tuned in last week, we talked about the common medications for type 2 diabetes and cancer and high blood pressure and high cholesterol. And we ended by telling you we will follow that up this week with some of the most common psychotropic medications. So from Ritalin and Adderall for ADHD, all the way to Zoloft and Prozac for depression. What are some of the most common psychotropic medications that we're prescribing? And also, what are some of their detrimental side effects? You'll hear it here today on the show. But first... Wait, Wait, what? Wait, what is our segment where Jay and I identify something we either saw, heard, or experienced in the last week that made us go, wait, Wait, what? what? Straight up, up and down, like real quick. I was leaving the gym. I heard another, I saw another young lady leaving out the gym with me. Um, She hopped right in the car with somebody who was already sitting in the car waiting on her, picked up a McDonald's bag, and went to town. Wait, oh, what? Oh, well, I told you that before. I told you I've seen somebody eating fried chicken after they left the gym out of a uh, styrofoam container, and you did not believe me before they pulled off. They left the gym. Yeah. And I owe you a formal apology. No, don't worry about it, because I knew it was unbelievable. Jay. You had to see it to believe it. Now we both... <laughs> yeah, we're now both believers. You know, this gym shares a parking lot with McDonald's. And it was funny, because I was kind of already eye-hustling. So I was sitting in my car... And the car two spaces over from me, this young man was sitting in the passenger seat eating McDonald's. Mm -hmm. And I'm, of course, just kind of shaking my head a little bit like, oh, sir, you know, don't just keep eating it like that. Right. You know, do you know what you're doing? Do you know what you're doing? You know, I'm like, ah, you know, it hurt a little bit. But I'm like, whatever. You know, Lisa, stay in your car. Mind your own business. Stay in your lane. Don't knock on the window. Don't try and slip a car through the. Don't try to save them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just stay in your own right and so lo and behold i see the driver's side open up this lady get in tank tight you know cut a little sweat on her brow and he hands her a bag and she pulls (laughs) out a sandwich (laughs) and begins to kill this mcdonald's as she right after she walked out the gym and i just want to know like is that a thing like is that what y'all do do are, are people rewarding themselves with junk and I don't think it's necessarily rewarding themselves. I think she thinks she worked out. She's hungry. Let me put some food back in my body. I don't think it's necessarily. It's not like she came out and had a Sunday. It's just like, let me just eat, you know? So that's just basically lack of education with nutrition. It's not just let me treat myself. People don't think that a a McChicken is a treat. They're just dinner, you know? So, yeah. Wow. I didn't even think about that. Somebody not even knowing that it's not healthy. That you should only eat this maybe never, but this is definitely one of those cheat meals or one of those things. Yeah, for sure. I was like, wait. I was shocked. Like, I felt like I had watched somebody come out of AA and just take a bottle to the head. Like, I was really like, (laughs) you you just ruined everything. Everything. Now you got to go back in there. Right, and start all over. Like the treadmill is probably not even cooled off yet. Just going right back in. And 
take it from the top. (laughs) (laughs) You obviously are not 100%. That's why we said you got to do something for 30 days. 30 days, no McDonald's when you leave the gym. (laughs) That's the only way you can save yourself from this madness. All right, so that was the end of your way. But um, so my way, what I'm at the store. I'm at the store with my kids, and we are like at a, you know, one of those like Marshalls type stores. Yes. And so it's a lady in front of me, and she has, I guess, this big, found this really big discount on shirts and stuff. I, I, I thought maybe she had a business. She's gonna mark up the price. That's how many shirts and tank tops and stuff. Like the cart was full of them. So the cashier just kept looking at me like, because she was the only one. She's like, I'm sorry. I'll be with you in a minute. And I'm like, go, I'm I'm fine. I'm not right. buying something that's, you know, like I'm, that's going to save my life. I can easily just walk away if it gets too hectic. Right. And she just looked over me like five times like, I'm sorry. Like, it's okay. You yeah. don't have to keep apologizing. To me, I'm just, I'm waiting. I see you're the only cashier. It's okay. Right. So when I finally get to her. She's all apologetic, and and again, I was like, it's you know, it's cool, I, you know, and we have a little talk, you know, the regular cashier talk. No, I'm not about anything, weather, whatever. Right. And so when she gets finished ringing up my stuff, she was like, um, thank you for being so ple- no, thank you for being so peaceful. And I was like, oh, what people normally come up to your register and talk your ears off or something? Like, you know, how people might talk a lot. Right. And she was like, no, I don't mind people talking a lot. She's like, but you didn't take your day out on me. I said, (laughs) ma'am, point them out. Who is taking their day out on you? Are you, what? Yes. Thank you for being so peaceful and not taking your day out on me. that, 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 That sentence happened. That's crazy, too, because you know what's funny is that usually we take our day out on people that are closest to us, and right. we're kind to strangers. Like, right. we'll be kind to the server, to the cashier, but then we'll turn around and, like, bite our spouse's head off. I, You know what? And I think this is a class thing. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it's okay to do, but I think classier people do that. Like, I think the more forget, ratchet or more ghetto or the more... Uh, hood you are, mm-hmm. you take it out on any, like you just with you bought that life with anybody. anybody. Can get yeah, it. what you looking at? Why did why didn't get another uh, cash here? And dang, and she could have kept it on the hanger. I just think you know people who kind of are mature, or maybe it's a maturity thing too. Um, they're not going to act like that, and they're going to kind of keep it behind closed doors and not go home and beat their wife and, and go home and beat their right, you know. <laughs> Take it out on Stumble the wife. in the house, right? You know, take it out on the wife and kids like an educated man supposed to do. Exactly. You know, he graduated. You right, know, right. Alumni I got some sense. You know, I, I, you right. Know, I'm a nah. manager. I worked my way up the ladder. I know who right. I'm supposed to slap. I'm not gonna hit you where they can see it all on your face. No, but no, we're not. We're not making light of that situation though. But just, I'm just saying, like, it. It. I think it was just crazy. So that made brought me to another wait. What? I was at the doctor about five months. It's a throwback weight, what? Okay. And the lady, uh, she had to do like a, a feminine ultrasound. So okay. when that was over, she thanked me for having good hygiene. <laughs> I promise you. I promise you. She thanked me for having good hygiene. I was like, wait, what, wait, huh? What are you talking about? She was like, you know, so you would be surprised so many women, especially really big women. She said they have this really bad odor. She had an accent. She, uh, she was like, they had, you know, especially like the bigger women, they have these bad, this uh, 
horrible odor. And she's like, a lot of people don't take care of their hygiene down there, and they just come here, and I have to do the job anyway, And but they smell horrible. And she was like, thank you for, you know, having uh, good hygiene. But what she was really thanking you for is for being plant-based. Because it's not just the hygiene wow, down Lisa, there. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> shut up. Because what you put in your body comes out. That's just it coming. So no matter how much you clean down there, if you eat crap and drink crap and smoke and your body is toxic, you're going to have a very unpleasant odor. <laughs> she thanked me for being plant-based. That's really, <laughs> so, um, you know, that's... I thought I took stuff and tried to turn it into, but not. That was a, that was, you, you reaching with that. That was you not a reach. I believe that you was a reach. You don't believe your odor specifically is determined by what you put in your body? I believe if you take a shower before you go to see um, a doctor, <laughs> you're going to have a, a good odor. Get out of here. No, what you eat matters. Uh, no, I do believe. No matter what how you much you scrub five minutes before. Whatever. I promise you. Okay. Yeah, seriously. I mean, really, you could scrub five minutes before, you know, and you maybe no, you smell the no, body wash. No. I'm all pro vegan. I'm pro plant based, but I'm not gonna. I, we can't have this one. We gonna have. No, we, no, no. I'm not saying clean washing don't matter. Yeah, no, but I'm I saying even anybody who even watched heard, before they know, came will have a different odor. I mean, I heard pineapples, you know, eat sweet like a lot of fruit. Yeah, I don't no. know about smelling. Like, you can't be eating a whole uh, pig and pineapples and have a good... And McDonald's, straight up. Really, right, no matter how to, hard you scrub. We have to do a little investigation and on you this, know what? I don't know. We're going to do an episode on feminine hygiene and nutrition and diet, because a couple of people have asked me about that, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so um, <laughs> give you an opportunity... You. <laughs> Thank you for being flat based. I she cannot. Did. I'm done with you. But yeah, okay, we can do that. Cause I'm a yeah, I'm gonna do because that that brings back to my last way. What are a few way was back when they asked me about the menstrual cycle? Yeah, and and being raw vegan or whatever. So yeah, we can definitely talk for about that for sure. For sure. Okay, so let's delve into it. So last week, Jay, we talked about some of the side effects of the common. Um, type 2 diabetes medications and high cholesterol, the statin medications, blood pressure medications. And so this week, let's talk about the psychotropic meds because there are so many people who are taking psychotropic meds. Maybe they've been um, prescribed for their children. And very rarely, just like with uh, chronic illness medications, do we do research on some of these and really get to know them because... We just want to feel better. Definitely. You know, um, do you know how much money is uh, the pharmaceutical industry makes on medications prescribed for treating Ooh, chronic diseases? Man, I know it has to be over a trillion. One point five trillion. I yeah, I know I'm like billions. No, has to be one point five trillion dollars are medication strictly for treating chronic illnesses. We're not getting into like. HIV or AIDS. I'm talking about just the recurrent stuff that people is preventable, like heart disease and blood pressure and type two diabetes, like $1.5 trillion. Oh yeah. And that's why, uh, when we say, did they give you any other options other than this medication? The answer is going to be normally no. <laughs> a resounding no. No. Why would they? Yes. So yeah, I was, I, it was some, a few interesting facts in the medications that I researched, um, just with the level of, I think the most the most surprising thing, well, not surprising, but the most the thing that had me like wow the most was how often that these prescriptions are just 
being written out. I mean, oh, it's, they're yes. being passed around like water. Like, yes. okay, you know how you, you can't survive without water. It's almost like they feel like you can't survive without prescription. A hundred percent. And some, you know, physicians, that's their only recourse, especially when it comes to um, psycholo- psychological and mental health situations. You know, a lot of people are like, I don't know what to tell you for that other than talk to somebody. Right, I'm not going right? to tell you to journal or sit by the water and, you know, I'm not right. going to. I'm not even going to tell you how your diet might be impacting your. Well, because they don't know. Right. Themselves. So, um, but a lot of doctors do know that, ah, you need to get off that pop or that McDonald's for type 2 diabetes, but when it comes to depression or anxiety yeah, or ADHD, it, yeah, it's, it's much easier to prescribe and, and a medication. I think, and I think some would even say we were reaching diet. Because, you know, I, I, I seriously think diet for everything. Like you, Me too. Headache, <laughs> diet, you know, your relationship in trouble, it's your diet. You know <laughs> yes. what I'm saying? You your kids ain't acting right. What did you what eat did today? You, right. <laughs> what did you eat when you were pregnant? I mean, like, I think diet is really the foundation of all problems like if you <laughs> change the foundation of the problem i mean you can build a nice house but what is it built on exactly the foundation diet is the foundation diet is the foundation um i mean the top the top four life forces for sure are water sunlight fresh air and nutrition mm-hmm. um a lot of us when we're trying to lose weight and stuff we only target nutrition when we're mm-hmm. trying to correct ailments we only target nutrition people mm-hmm. don't understand how therapeutic the sunlight is on depression right um and that fresh air and some people do right because you can get that false light you know and then if you're experiencing seasonal depression you can get those lamps that emulate some sunlight um they are all things that can be used depending on how severe your depression is but a lot of us just, if we are into nutrition at all, we only look at nutrition. Right. And there's a there's definitely definitely several other things that make a huge difference and an impact. And we talked in uh, endlessly last week about stress. A mm-hmm. lot of people, you know, don't understand how the anxiety they might be experiencing is from the eight hours they spend doing this stressful job. Or the um, fact that stress is, is one of those normal things, you know, yes. like we talked about because it's normal doesn't mean it's not healthy. Like everybody seems stressed. Doctors always say, oh, it might be caused because of stress. Someone's always getting diagnosed with stress. Yes. So they've kind of made it normal. But in reality, we should not be feeling stressed no. at all. I no. mean, you know, stressors do come. Yes. But when you are feeling stressed, your day is stressful. That's when it becomes a problem. When it's chronic, right. right. Yeah, there's definitely events that things, you know, I'm in the middle of this traffic and I got to be at this appointment at a certain time or yeah right. it should come in short bouts you should only be releasing that cortisol in those very short fight or flight moments but we're living in a chronic state but let's delve into adhd this one is really really common and um you know up until like 1990 i think the original diagnosis was just add and yeah. then they had to add mm-hmm. on the hd but they added on the hd so that pharmaceutical companies we're now able to put a behavioral function with this quote-unquote ailment, and now they can prescribe meds for it. So they couldn't technically prescribe meds for ADD um, because it was an issue of how do you give somebody a med to pay attention. Right. But when they put in that hyperactivity disorder component to it, then that gave the pharmaceutical companies the green light to then profit from <laughs> That's funny. You said give them the green light to profit, not yeah. the green light to help. Oh, to tr- or oh cure. no, 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 no. The green light I to have profit. no yeah. suspicions that anybody that anybody is in it to cure the thing. Um, <laughs> so you know, the top two ADHD medications are Ritalin and Adderall, and mm-hmm. Adderall has been around the long. Uh, I'm sorry, Ritalin has been around 
that's kind of like the original and yeah, then um, yeah and then Adderall came in later and there's a ton of uh, side effects that come with Ritalin and Adderall and a lot of them are the common side effects that come with most medications mm-hmm. so like trouble sleeping loss of appetite dry mouth anxiety uh, increased heart rate irritability heart disease high blood pressure it, it interferes with some of these other conditions um, psychosis and um what's crazy is that it's so crazy to me how commonplace especially Adderall is amongst teens and like college students mm-hmm. like I literally overhear students talking about got a study tonight I'm just gonna pop an Adderall really oh yeah I've heard it plenty of times um I've heard people We're having a coffee huh oh no that's played out that's not enough you can't do no over the counter ain't gonna work kids are trying to pull all-nighters research papers study for a major exam and instead of you know time management they just pop Adderalls wow yeah yeah and some people uh if they have a diagnosis like kids have a diagnosis of ADHD and they have a prescription they sell their Adderall it's like it's like it's like a big thing, and how Adderall and and believe it or not, Adderall and Ritalin are stimulants, which was really interesting because you're trying to treat ADHD, right? And we're treating it with a stimulant. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it well, is, is it kind of like a do they is it alone or do they give a stimulant and then they give you know something that relaxes you at the same time? No, it's supposed to increase the dopamine in your brain. It's supposed to increase the dopamine and speed up your brain activity. So, yeah, Adderall and Ritalin are stimulants, um, and so they don't work very well in conjunction with other medications that you may be taking. Um, But I wanted to play really quickly this clip from Dr. Umar Johnson because I could could not ever say it as articulate as he does talking about um, kids, especially kids in African-American community, being diagnosed with ADHD, how most often than not, actually he said nine times out of ten, they're a false positive, and a lot of teachers and uneducated professionals diagnose our kids with ADHD, not recognizing, not being able to differentiate between it and just normal child behavior. Right. Because the definition of ADHD is so broad that anybody can deem themselves as an expert. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to play really quickly just this clip for our listeners to hear. And Dr. Umar Johnson is a Ph.D. uh, psychiatrist, world-renowned, and he is extremely articulate and passionate about psychological health in the black community. He works for the Philadelphia uh, school board system and he speaks a lot about the importance of um, making sure that your, if your kid is diagnosed with ADHD or some type of learning disorder, um, or learning disability that you follow up because a lot of times those are used for scapegoats as, as, by schools and teachers and also schools get way more money the more kids that they diagnose as uh learning disabled so but anyway dr umar johnson is definitely a um expert in this area and so i just wanted to play this clip real quick of him talking about uh adhd that nine out of ten black boys that you studied that you worked with who were being designated for special education really didn't belong in a special education class. Yes. You know what? You, you just mentioned something. ADHD. We hear it all the time. Hear it talked about sometimes in a much what I think to be too cavalier manner. Can you describe to us ADHD? What are we talking about here and what's the end? Sure. 
The mother diagnosis of ADHD was ADD, Attention Deficit Disorder, which I believe the American Psychiatric Association gave us in 1990. And then in the year 2000, it metamorphosed into ADHD. So it went from ADD for about 10 years and then ADHD, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. In the original version, it was only Attention Deficit. They added the hyperactivity later. That became necessary to justify the wholesale drugging of black boys. See, there is no drug that can make you pay attention. So when you diagnose a child as ADHD, you really don't open up an opportunity for the prescription to be given. But once you add hyperactivity, now you're talking about a behavioral manifestation that can be addressed with medication. So the ADHD became necessary in order for the drug companies to profit off of the diagnosis. And ADHD has spiraled out of control now because everyone thinks that they are expert in giving the diagnosis. Teachers, parents, principals, everyone thinks that just because a child has difficulty sitting still or paying attention, they automatically have ADHD. Some of that has to do with the fact that the criteria for ADHD is so generally laid out that anyone could qualify for it. You, me, and every child in America, black, white, purple, rich or poor. Symptoms such as losing things necessary to complete their work, not being able to pay attention to detail, having difficulty playing quietly, blurting out answers, uh, moving as if they're driven by a motor, tapping with their fingers or feet. What child do you know doesn't do this? I do it as an adult. And from a conspiracy perspective, that's done on purpose because the more general the criteria, the easier it is to diagnose, the more children get prescribed medicine. And as a result of that, Wall Street is making about $30 billion a year exclusively off of ADHD medications. Wow. Wow. I mean, right. Oh, it was just so, I just get so angry when I hear about stuff like this because I feel so bad for the parents who are just uneducated. Right. You know, because everybody wants the best for their child. And so to have someone in a professional setting, like a teacher or school psychologist, uh, tell you your kid has this, you don't have any reason not to believe them. Well, like, well, he or she is at, at, you know, hyper. I have a problem with them sitting still and focusing on tasks, so maybe my child does have this. And Mm -hmm. please tell me, Mr. and Mrs. Professional, what's my best course of action? Mm -hmm. And we listen, just like with our doctors. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I think you already have to have um, non-negotiables put in place before that gets, you know, like I already know if that was told to me I'm going to try to go the natural route. I'm going to go get a second. But I already think this. So if they were to come to me with this, then I already am going to think, well, let me get a second opinion or let me try the holistic route. Or, But if it just gets sprung on you and you don't really have an opinion already or you had never thought of it, never even crossed your mind, then, you go, yeah, you're going to believe the professional because you believe that they have your best interest in mind and a lot of them don't or a lot of them just do you know they just follow the leader yep. like oh, this is what we do this is the protocol yes. this is how it's handled so it's not necessarily them trying to get one over on you it's just that this is just how it is yes. now so yeah it's, it's quite scary um so next i wanted to talk about depression because 
depression is one of the most common um, mental health disorders in America. A lot of us have experienced it, whether it had been mild um, and caused by a significant life episode or whether it's been severe, lifelong. A lot of it is can even be genetic. And there are a limitless amount of depression, antidepressants out there that are prescribed to citizens. And a lot of people turn to them. So many people try several different ones. Right. If one isn't working, they try another and bounce back and forth. They try different dosages. And, you know, some of the antidepressants out there like Zoloft and Prozac and Celexa and Lexapro, uh, Paxio. I mean, there's so many and the side effects can be really severe. Um, and this is kind of hard because again, people just want to feel good. And a lot of people, you know, you tell people, Oh, go get some fresh air or go get some sunlight. Right. Like you can never really be in somebody's shoes who's depressed. Absolutely. So, you know, you can't tell them what to do. And a lot of people turn to psychotropic meds, not knowing exactly you know, how they're affecting other areas of their life. Or when you're depressed, when you're so depressed, you don't care because there is no life. If I'm just sitting here depressed all the time, right? What other areas of my life, if you say it messes up this area, but if I'm just laying here depressed all day, I mean, I need something so I can function. Yes. Yeah. So I totally get it. Um, what medic- medication in particular? Because I um, researched Xanax. I can go ahead and talk about that if you want. Yeah, uh, Xanax. Well, first I want to say most uh, depression medications are what's called SSRIs, which are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And that's just a fancy way of saying that they work to uh, in your brain to allow your brain to absorb more serotonin, which is a neural tr- neurotransmitter that's supposed to be more like a, a happy neurotransmitter, right? So the most common antidepressants are SSRIs. Um, and some of the common side effects with antidepressants are weight gain, dry mouth, impotence, cold symptoms, nausea, trouble sleeping, nervousness, tremors, sexual problems. But the, the most common and the scariest side effect of these antidepressants are suicidal thoughts and actions. Suicidal and or homicidal. For depression. Yeah, antidepressants. Yeah, especially if a dosage is changed or if someone abruptly stops taking them. So so there's no end game. That's the that's the biggest thing. The exactly. end game. What's the end game for these medicines? Just to keep prescribing? You know, that I don't certain things I do feel as if if you're so stressed or you're so depressed or you're so if something is going on. But there's never an end game. Like, okay, I'm going to start you here, and then in three weeks I want you to come back, and we're going to start talking about, you know, reducing the amount, or I'm going to refer you to a therapist that's going to, like nothing. You just keep coming back, and you keep getting prescriptions, and that's just the answer, or until you tell me, which people won't nine times out of ten. Right. How do you, you're the expert. No, you tell me or you give me the right resources to get me off this medication. It's so ridiculous. And that's any medication, cholesterol, uh, high blood pressure. There's all, there's never a step two. It's like that, like you said, a permission slip. Here you go. Yep. Keep being, you know, affected by whatever you're affected by. And this is my quote-unquote cure for it it's just really sad to me right and and and, because I always like well what was the trigger for the depression 
that's one of the most important questions you need to know. Have you been battling this since you were adolescent or did something dramatic happen in your life? Because maybe it could be an alternative um, resource to target that particular ailment. Yeah. Like, because I know when you were dealing with grief a little bit, you know, an extremely qualified grief counselor probably would have helped in conjunction with some other things. You know what I mean? So what's the, you know, target of somebody's depression? Like, where did it come from? Did they lose somebody or lose a child? Did they go through a tumultuous divorce or a breakup? Um, was it a, a severe decline in their health from from some car accident or something? Like, what causes, Right. you know what I mean? Because sometimes we're just putting these meds on things without addressing the foundation um most people who have something traumatic happen to them their they their first step is never going to be oh let me get a counselor it's just that's just not what happens that's just not realistic um it's not like the counselor is going to know what's going on with you to come find you so the the counselor part of it is it's very hard to catch a person who has just lost someone or who just got in a car accident and now they're um you know now they can't walk. Uh-huh. Now they're not going to be like, well, let me go see a counselor. The, the 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 grief of losing a limb or the grief of losing someone in your life or if you just got divorced, that grief is too heavy to even think straight. So, uh, you know, to go get the depressed, you know, antidepressant medication is usually the first step. I don't. Yeah, I'm. But I, yeah, yeah, I agree. But I said in conjunction with, like, why do they stop at the meds? The person or the doctor? Both. I think the person, personally, you have to, it's such a long journey. Uh, I think you have to really be very, very self-aware and very, very, um, just very extremely, because even the strongest people don't know how something feels until it happens. Right. So you can be like, I'm going to do this and this happened, but that's not reality. No, That's really not reality. So you're just trying to get through day to day, really. Right. You know, it took me how long to go see a counselor? Right. It took me a couple, maybe like a, couple years a couple years so i I, speaking from personal experience i just don't think especially in our community Mm -hmm. black community that that's just something that's on the forefront of our minds okay at you know i just don't think it's on the forefront of our minds somebody has to either tell you or you you know just somehow come across it or something but it's not we're not raised in that kind of community in that kind of community where it's like go see a therapist it, it, I don't think it's that commonplace. Right. Well, guys, if you're listening and if you're suffering from um, any type of depression, you know, please let therapy be one of your alternatives and not just um, medication. And, and one of the things I remember I was looking, uh, listening to another podcast and talking about getting therapy and kind of what to look for. And a, and a therapist and one of the things you want to kind of try and identify is that they are someone who uh, kind of looks like you and kind of can relate to you on a certain level whether it's a woman needing to talk to a woman um, a black woman needing to talk to a black woman um, even age can make a difference so their qualifications and their you know years of experience matters but sometimes um, the, the human experience matters quite a bit as well. And so it's really good to make sure that you vet the therapist 
as much as you can and don't be afraid after one or two sessions to be like, you know what, you aren't for me. It's not necessarily that therapy is not for you. Maybe the therapist is not for you. Um, And so I think that's a really, really important thing to remember. And one of the um, apps that you can use to find a therapist, it's called... um, it's called Talkspace, and it's a really, really cool app where you can kind of search for people in your area and where you are and try and find a therapist that, um, you know, has reviews and someone that is um, someone that it is it has been vetted and that you could try out. And sometimes they even offer a couple of free sessions before you have to pay. So there's definitely some resources out there if you're looking for therapy for either yourself or a loved one or a child. Um, and again, that's called talk space. Um, okay, Jay, let's, uh, which one did you say you had that you just mentioned? Xanax. Yeah. I thought Xanax was an anti, uh, anxiety medication. Yeah. It's, it treats, um, anxiety, panic attacks. Um, also depression. A lot of people use it for depression. Okay. Um, and the reason why Xanax came, Xanax was invented in 1981. What they were using before Xanax was Valium. Valium is that you pronounce the value? Yep. And um, Prozac, yep. but the the panic attacks didn't respond that well to the to the value. Okay. So then they created a drug um, in 1981 called Xanax. But what they didn't expect about Xanax is it really really took off. Mm. Like Xanax really took off. So they call it now the blockbuster drug. It's that popular, the blockbuster drug. Wow. Yeah. And so um, the side effects of Xanax is drowsiness, tiredness, uh, dizziness. What's funny about these side effects, and I never will get this, is drowsiness, tiredness, dizziness, but sleep problems like you can't fall asleep. Like if it's for tiredness, drowsiness, but why you have? But you got insomnia, right? Yeah, like (laughs) I don't get it. So yeah, because it's it's supposed to be for panic attack, but a lot of times when you go to the doctor. And you say you're depressed, they will describe you Xan. They will prescribe you Xanax. Yes. And I don't know if that is how they're supposed to do it. Okay. Because you look like, huh? Like for depression. But yeah, they do prescribe it a lot of times for um, depression. Um, one thing, I personally took Xanax. I personally took Xanax. I took Xanax for about maybe like a month. I would literally wake up, take Xanax, um, go back to sleep. Mm hmm. And that was literally my whole day. Mm-hmm. And it took for uh, Ramirez to throw them away by accident for me to be like. And then I was like, like frantic, frantically searching for the pills. Like mm. frantically, like where, like how am I going to get through the day now? Mm. Like now, because I wouldn't take the whole one. I would take half and the other half of the day I would take the other. Or I'll take half and then um, the next day take another half. Uh-huh. So just to kind of coast me through. But what's dangerous um about Xanax is how quickly it works. It, you reach your peak of Xanax within an hour and a half, and then it, it, the whole effect is over within three hours. And that's why it's so addictive. Mm. So you're trying to cut. It's like a drug. You, I mean, it is a drug. You're right. constantly trying to reach that peak again. So people are people who abuse Xanax are popping 10 to 15 Xanax a day. Wow. And that's what Michael Jackson was addicted to. He, he was popping, guess how many Xanax a day? 30, 40? 40. 40 Xanax a day. And when he died, he had so much Xanax in his system because people are always trying to chase, you know, you you become tolerant of it. 
Wow. And so you have to keep taking, like with any drug, you become tolerant to it, and now you got to keep taking and keep taking it. So I'm sure the hour and a half that it takes to reach the peak is no longer for you. Right. You're probably reaching the peak so much sooner, and you're pro- it's probably not feeling the effect so much sooner too. Wow. Yeah, and so they say that um, Xanax, when it's taken in conjunction with other drugs, that's why a lot of people are ODing. Because a lot of people use it as kind of like a social drug. Yes. And and but there are also other prescription medications. Um, Heath Ledger, when he died, he had Xanax in his system too. And you know he died of an overdose of prescription medicine. Yeah. What did Whitney die of? What was her? Overdose I still of? don't know. Okay. <laughs> I still don't know what she died of. Um, but Xanax, the emergency room visits, they say it has doubled. Um, in the past, like ten years, it's for overdosing on Xanax. For Xanax, yeah. For wow. Xanax. Um. And it's just, it's just a really, really popular. Yeah. And you know how we say, you're not embarrassed to say you have high blood pressure, but you will always be embarrassed to say you have HIV. It's, it's one of those type of drugs. You'll be embarrassed to say I'm on um, whatever medication, but you'll definitely say hey, you got one of those Xanax. People sell Xanax, like, you know. Right, it like. It's, it's just a new normal, so. Yeah, and it's really unfortunate. And, you know, one of the scariest things about these psychotropic meds are the withdrawal symptoms when you stop taking them. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and, and so that's how you know your body is physically alive physiologically addicted to these things is what happens when you stop consuming it, just like sugar or caffeine. Right. You know, when you take it out of your system, you, your body reacts with headaches, with mood swings, with, you know, now severe depression because you've stopped taking this and it's a really scary thing. It is a scary thing. And it's, yeah, like you said, you can literally have withdrawal. Some people, they have like toll-free numbers to call. Mm. They have places for you to go. And they don't explain all of this. Something written on the bottle is not good enough. People are not, oh, possible, you know, they're not doing that. You're just trying to get an answer to a problem. Right. You know, like right now, you're not, oh, the sudden, no, let me not take this. Yeah, because usually, typically by the time you're to that point, you're at a point of desperation. Exactly. You're at a point yeah. of desperation. Um, a lot of people feel like they have no one to turn to or no one in their corner. And again, Ah, we've kind of created a society of lazy people, too. Mm-hmm. So the idea of all I have to do is pop a pill mm-hmm. versus trying to work through whatever I need to work through versus talking about, you know, what about my divorce made me, you know, feel down. Like, uh, physically talking about these things and expressing maybe even the the uh, the responsibility and the fault that you played in some situations. Accountability. The yeah. accountability, right. So a lot of that is even harder, though. So we can, you know, all the blame is definitely not placed on our physicians and our healthcare system. We have to take some of that blame. Absolutely. You know, it's much easier to pop a pill than to do anything yeah, else, whether that pill is for weight loss or to treat depression. Yeah, and some people, I think they feel almost responsible when they do this. Like, oh, well, I'm taking this. And I could be drinking or doing drugs. Right, this helps me. And you know what's funny is that how prescription medications are like, kind of like the gold standard of drugs. Like, we don't right. consider them. <laughs> on drugs but right. you are on drugs you know you know they uh prescription medication has surpassed heroin with its um commonality as far as addictions and overdoses mm-hmm. um and being you know wow. taken illegally you know a lot of teenagers go through their uh kids their parents cabinets and get these drugs or yeah. through their parents purse or whatever and get these drugs and it has surpassed heroin yeah i remember um when my mother passed and they came to come get her medication. I was shocked. 
they were like, we need all of that medication. We need to grind it up right now. You cannot throw this in the garbage. You cannot. Oh. Yeah. I didn't even know they did they that. They came and, yep, they came on the scene and took all the medication. Wow. And grind it up. Like, yeah, I don't know. Because <laughs> people probably, you know, if they're taking care of someone, their loved one that's sick, imagine how much medication they're They have with. when they pay. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, we have morphine and everything. So, Ooh, yeah. Somebody was probably like, cha-ching. Yeah. If, you know. Yeah, so that's really interesting. Yep, they come, they definitely come on the scene. Like, we're gonna need all of that. Yeah, which uh, takes us to like sleeping medications, um, like Ambien and Lunesta. Those are really common too. You know, people suffer from insomnia, people work different shifts at work, um, or have a lot of things psychologically going on with the racing mind and can't sleep. And sleeping meds have even become a common thing nowadays and popular. Oh, super popular. You know, because common doesn't equal popular. Okay. Common can be lo- underground popular. I mean, underground common. Okay. Like, we, a lot of people do it. Like cocaine. I know a lot of people do cocaine, but they'll never tell you. It'll right. never be right. said out loud because it's not popular. Right. It's got to be in a safe it's, it's environment. It's frowned upon if we, you know. Right. But <laughs> Ambien, people just, you know, in your face pop an Ambien. Um, and you know, Ambien is a sedative. You can't, and you're not supposed to drink it with alcohol. Oh, but shoot. It, it's it's like a marriage. People are like, I need, I'm gonna need that wine and that uh, Ambien to relax tonight. Wow. Like, I've literally heard somebody say that. Like, I'm gonna need that wine and that Ambien. I'm gonna relax. Like, it's so it's popular. Wow. It's not frowned upon. Um, you know, and what Ambien does, it it actually says this. And I was reading it like, who would take this? Slows your brain down. I, <laughs> What? <laughs> what? What? Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. It slows your brain. That's what it does. It slows, oh, makes wow. your brain sluggish. And I know that might sound good to someone who's su- suffering from insomnia, but I'm thinking about it, like, literally. Like, you're slowing my brain down. My brain function down. Like, we're literally playing with and altering normal body functions. Yes. When we take these pills. I was like, wow. And then they... For people who have abused Ambien so long, because you know Ambien comes in a pill form, or um, you can inject it. Inject oh, it. I didn't know it was you could inject. It. I didn't either. Yeah, um, but the people who abuse it, even if it's supposed to be a pill form, they will make they will liquefy it and inject it so they can get it and, quicker. Right. And then they snort it. Snort. This is going too far. <laughs> they snort. Why are you snorting? Yes, to go straight pills. to the head. Snorting Ambien and, and injecting Ambien. Because I'm high. quite sure that injecting it is not that popular. You know, I'm pretty sure it more than likely um, it comes in a pill form. But the, the withdrawal symptoms are anxiety, mood swings, irritability, craving, sweating, tremors, fatigue, nausea, vomiting. Um, and then you don't feel it for the until the first 72 hours after you've been off of it. But the withdrawal symptoms can last up to a month. Wow. So and can you imagine? I, most people can't. That's probably why they can't it, stay off of it. Like Exactly. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I cannot deal with this. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So in uh, Lunesta and Anavan, they pretty much are the same thing. Like mm-hmm. they had this, uh, like a, all of the same sat- side effects and all these different things. But Lunesta... And um, Ativan is just not as popular as okay. on the social scene. I don't know as far as like statistically right. how many prescriptions are written for Lunesta and um, Ativan, but Ambien is just more of a street. 
street drug. I'm trying not to sound so suburban. <laughs> like it's one. Of, it's a street drug, right? But it, you know, it it is. It's the most popular. It's the one you hear about. That's what Tiger Woods. I think that's how Tiger Woods got caught. He was on Ambien or something. Really? Or he had something with Tiger Woods and Ambien. Don't quote me on this. But I think he, when he got with all his women, he, that's what they did. They took Ambien and stuff like that. So. Wow, that yeah. slows your brain down. So it makes you sleepy, right? I mean, it's a sleep. It's supposed to make you kind of drowsy. Yeah, it's a sedative. It's a sedative. Oh, but then you take it with a stimulant like alcohol, and it's supposed to give you a different type of relax. Just relax, kind of like because it, it wouldn't be like you and I taking it. If you and I took it, we'd be sprawled out on the floor, right? Because our <laughs> immune system is not used to. <laughs> <laughs> But to people who are doing this and to a podcast, just go cold, just like dead air. <laughs> right. We wanted to try out the ambient today, guys. We'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right. Yeah, it wouldn't be no podcast. It'd be over at that moment. Oh, but someone whose um, system is kind of conditioned for the ambient probably just relaxes them. And okay. they take the wine and stuff. So they kind of, you know, chill. It's like a real chill moment. It's kind of it's like mixing Red Bull with alcohol, right? A depressant and a stimulant. But see, I don't... I, I, I never got the, the, the alcohol, the people that are drunk that, that fights, you know, or that wants to argue. Like, why are you not relaxed? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I drink alcohol or something, I want to relax. I want to kind of... Well, alcohol removes the inhibition and just kind of makes you more of who you are. So I don't think those people aren't changing per se. No, but they I, just I always they always have anger issues already, and the alcohol just makes it okay to take it out on people. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Why do we do these things? Like that's that's what this episode should be called. Why do we do these? Why things? do we do these things to ourselves? I mean, one point five trillion dollar industry. There's a lot of motivation to continue to push it into you know, our society and our culture. We're not alone in this. We can we can definitely stand to take on more responsibility about what goes in our body and about who we allow to tell us uh, what goes into our body. Um, but, you know, we are dealing with the industry, you know, the FDA and the Food and Drug Administration and, and who, you know, the pockets are deep. Pockets and are deep. And when your pockets are deep, your influence is deep. Because yes. you can buy all the commercials and the yep. ads. And yep, you can buy all the things. lobbyists. You can buy all. You can buy D.C. You know what I mean? You can mm. buy, you know, that, that Congress meeting and, you know, have all type. Of, I remember I was telling you one time when I was watching um, a congressional hearing about, uh, I think it was, dairy or sugar but these industry people have brought in these little black boys from a low-income neighborhood and had them testify in court how this particular product was yeah 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 so they they play they they pay people to come in like average laymen civilians and say i need you to basically go to this hearing and testify on behalf of us and tell us how dairy makes you feel big and strong and that your life will be really sad and hopeless without mm-hmm. your morning bowl of Cheerios. Right. Like, they pay people to say these things. Like, we'll pay, book you a flight and put you up in a fancy suite and take you out on town on a nice yeah. dinner so that we can keep our products in rotation. Yeah, and you and I come along like, wait, no, dairy is not. And right. And look crazy. We come in with our little plants and saying, all you need to do is eat from the earth. And, yeah, we're nowhere to be found in about two months 
six o'clock news. That ha- ha- Amber right. Alert. When's the last time All you seen? All I know is they were trying to convince a group of people. Right. <laughs> the, the last podcast aired on August. <laughs> Has anyone seen Lisa and Jay? Uh, yeah, we are definitely not. We're not popular at all with that belief. Not at all. And, you know, we're really not even popular that much amongst our audience, if we're to be honest. What do you mean? I mean, people don't want to hear it. Like, people don't want to hear. Like, tell me how you did it. Tell me how to lose weight. A lady called oh, me recently, yeah, yeah. like, a lady called me recently, like, okay, tell me how to detox. I'm like, water and plants. Next question. She's like, wait, no, I don't have to mix something, or there's not like a two week or seven day regimen. I'm like, no, just flush your system through fiber and water. And the key to detoxing is not to retox, it's already in there. You flush it out you know, with a ton of water a day and, you know, a fibrous diet and then boom, just don't put the toxins back in. That's, you know, people don't want to hear that. <laughs> so I'm like, hello, are you still there? Hello? And Man. she's like, oh. <laughs> you know, so we're not very popular, but it's our duty. You know, this is our, our, our passion. We could talk about health and wellness all day. So it's kind of our duty just to bring it to the airwaves or bring it to social media or bring it to the events that we speak at. And, you know, hopefully you take something from it that will help you make a change for the better for yourself and your family. But yeah, Jay, we ain't, ain't we ain't being requested. We ain't highly requested out here. <laughs> nah, have, I don't believe you. We don't have a product nah, they to go promote. wild. They go wild with the not drinking, not drinking the milk and don't eat the dairy. Yeah, yes, even the cookies with the dairy in it. They got to be feeling us on they that. They ain't feeling us on not that. The cake, they not, not the feeling us on the Grandma's no lemon cake. They got the Girl, we trying to take away people's chicken. We might have a hit on us, really. If we think about if you think it. Don't about disclose it. our loca- location. Hide your kids. You hear me? We might have a hit out on us. Uh, yeah, but chicken ain't no better than beef and pork. I, come, stop it with the stuff. You know what? I only eat chicken and fish. Why? It's the you same. You know what? I, I'm going to confess. When people tell me <laughs> that they only eat chicken, they don't, I never correct them. I never correct you. You just be like, good, good. Yeah, I do. Because I don't want to be one of those people who's like, actually, <laughs> you know? I know and what when you you're mean. trying to do something. I don't right, want when you to. think you've made a better choice. Yeah, I want to be but, like, why is that cholesterol, that, uh, you know, filled with anti- um, antibiotics, and why is that better? I don't want to do that because you're making. A- and the average person can't even explain why chickens are superior to cows or pigs. They don't even know why. Well, I know why it's superior to pigs. Just on the on the pigs are disgusting. They don't have sweat glands. It's they not keep, pigs are one of the cleanest animals. That's not true. Yes, they are. No, they're where'd you get that information from? Where'd you get your information from? <laughs> <laughs> pigs don't even have sweat glands. They cannot sweat out the toxins from their body. Yeah, they disgusting. Yeah, outwardly they're the cleanest because they roll around in the mud and they clean themselves outwardly. But inwardly, they eat they eat anything. Cancer, growth, anything. They on the ground, they eat anything and they cannot sweat them out. That's how you Man, pigs are disgusting. If you if you let the pig go, you doing you you doing fine. But chickens are just as bad though. Let's make it very clear because chickens are more mass produced than any other animal. Number one, because people think it's healthier and they're doing better if they're not eating beef and pork. Um, so they're mass produced at a much faster rate than any other animal. And the inspection is just not there. And because they're so mass produced, they have to be a certain weight to be brought to market, which means what? There's no way that these people, because they're not farmers, can um, 
produce the amount of chickens for our demand that they do without pumping them with something right. to make them grow at a right. certain rate. So chickens are actually worse than right. or just as bad as pork and beef. And I don't understand why people think I only do chicken. Yeah, like you, you, and if you care about animals, you would definitely not eat chicken because the fact that they pump them up so hard, their bones are not matching their weight. So they can't even walk. They're, they can't even walk. They, they they don't have the strength in their legs to support the weight that they gave them. Yeah. So they're suffering. They're just laying there with their legs too weak. And don't be, please don't be confused by, what is that grass fed? Free range. Free range. They don't, if, if they could be free, they would. They don't have the strength. To they don't have the walk. room to walk. That <laughs> That just means that there's something open that they can see that they could walk out if they had the strength to, but they can't. That just means if they were able to turn their neck themselves, they could see outdoors. But they can't. <laughs> but they are not free range. They are just as abused. They're just as dirty, unclean, and pumped full of steroids and everything else. And as, stressed out. Yes. And don't think because the, the sign on the package is green or that it says cage-free that that makes it any Or that is two more dollars a pound. Right. No. That it, is clean. Not. It is not, guys. Um. Um, we little, went a little off topic, but you know what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but I was you about know to what? go even further, but yeah. But you know what? Ahead. Actually, really, you know, uh, because chickens, because their babies are snatched from them when they're really young, their mm -hmm. chicks are snatched from them, um, like any mother, they get depressed. So to avoid them dying early from depression, they give chickens Prozac. Oh, yeah. I remember reading that. Yeah. Yeah, they give chickens Prozac. So actually, you're getting a lot of psychotropic meds from the meat that you eat, believe it or not. Um, just how a lot of us are becoming immune to antibiotics because we're pumping our meat full of it. So we consume antibiotics every day through our fork. And then when we really come down with a viral bacterial infection, the average antibiotic can't treat it. Yeah, I would just urge you if you aren't plant based, come out, go to some other veg, you know, veg fest and things like that. It's not necessarily just for vegetarians and vegans. They have so much, and they have um, people speaking like John Sally. He's vegan, and he can give you like information. They have different booths, so you can learn some things. You don't have to just go to eat the food. Sometimes you go to get information. Yes. So the more information you have, the more you're armed to protect your family, yourself. And when you go to these doctor's office, you'll know more so they can't get one over on you. Yes. And finally, I am going to bridge the gap. How do I become professionally fit with regard to psychotropic medications? Um, a lot of times when you are a professional, an executive, an entrepreneur, you know, we are burning the midnight oil. We are also, especially in the beginning of our career or our company, we're going through ups and downs with, you know, going from broke to get having a good week or a good month and having sales um, from trying to pitch and produce products and services. And so it's actually an emotional roller coaster. Right. And so to uh, look at some of these sleep aids and to look at some of these anti-anxiety drugs and to sit down and focus on just writing a book. You might even look at some Adderall to help you concentrate on knocking out these chapters or meeting this deadline that you have set. Listen, guys, you're doing more damage than you are anything else. And if you are interested in thriving in the long run, do not put this poison in your body, especially if it's not 100% absolutely necessary. And psychotropic drugs should only be used as the first step in the road to recovery, not the only step mm -hmm. in the road to recovery. There are plenty of other 
um, alternatives. There's a great book called Pro, uh, Potatoes Not Prozac, which speaks to, um, it actually speaks a lot to sugar and how those things are linked to a lot of psychological disorders and addictions. Um, but again, that's called Potatoes Not Prozac. It's a, a New York Times bestselling book. But there's a lot of alternatives and you do not need to turn to these drugs. I promise you, I know me and Jay sound like broken records, but your diet has the biggest impact on your ability to perform. So if you need to concentrate to write a book or to knock out some blog posts or, you know, if you interview and you have to transpose some information, uh, the best way to concentrate is to eliminate the things that's blocking you from concentrating, which is usually the sugar, the caffeine. Um, get those things out of your system. Turn to water. Treat yourself to a good night's rest. Create an environment that you can sleep well in. Blackout shades, noise-canceling headphones. Turn off the blue light on your phone. That light keeps your brain activity going well past the time you close your eyes. So there's things you can do to improve your sleep patterns. There's things that you can do to improve the way you concentrate. There's things you can do to improve brain fog. You know, get rid of the dairy. Don't clog up your brain and your system with a lot of dairy and a lot of mucus. And then you're able to recall concepts, ideas, names, times, dates, places much better. So in getting professionally fit, it is extremely important that you are eliminating all of the toxins first and not adding toxins to try and perform better. That's really, really backwards and you're only going to pay for it. You're, you're only going to pay for it in the long run. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just want to add real quick, revamp yourself. It is so much power and revamping yourself. And what I mean by that is you've been going on break with your coworkers for five years, going to get, like, imagine if you switched that. Imagine if when you got off work, you rinsed off some, some, some spinach and some bok choy and you, and you had a whole different mind frame when you got home. That creates inner, like, it really does create a different person inside. It creates different conversations. Like, when you're at work and you're whipping out your fresh green leaves and you're like, no, I'm not going to checkers down the street, it really does create more confidence. Like, I feel, just like you said earlier today, like, it's just something about eating a green salad or eating vegetables that just makes me feel like oh, I'm really taking care of myself. <laughs> like, I promise you, if nothing else, you will feel much better if you took your lunch to work and you start taking better care of yourself and your blood pressure, not saying that it's high, but your blood pressure is being worked on daily, consciously, intentionally. Your cholesterol is being worked on daily, consciously, intentionally. It'll change conversations. It'll change moods. It'll change what you do once you get the dynamics of what you do when you get home. So medication, being medication-free is more than just not being sick. It's the intentional prevention of them as well. Yes, intentional prevention. That's going to be the word of the month, the phrase of the month. Intentional prevention. We might as well, we probably going to change the name of the podcast to intentional prevention. Or not. Why not? You just look so happy. I want to. I really, <laughs> really like that. Because you just look so happy. I was, I'm hating. And, oh, you decided to be the aunt at the picnic. Okay. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> um, guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Professionally Fit Radio. If you are in the market to get professionally fit, if you are a female entrepreneur or executive 
who understands the value of your health, but more importantly, understands how your waistline directly impacts your bottom line in your business, then join us at Professionally Fit. If you are in the need for some coaching to help you take your nutrition, your diet, your body, your mindset to the next level, then go to www.professionallyfit.co and click on Get Professionally You can also click on book now to book a free consultation and we can chat a little more about the services we offer. We are dedicated and 100% committed to black female entrepreneurs and executives who are soaring in their fields and in their enterprises while still maintaining their health and wellness. Until next time, eat your greens. (laughs) Eat your greens and practice intentional prevention. Be well. Peace.